0: This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Plated Earth, where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specialty Produce app. Please show your support for us and specialty produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. Now grab a snack and get ready for Food Fables. Dimitri emerged from his pie shop at the original farmer's market in Los Angeles through a cloud of white flour residue as he clapped his hands together, dusting them off. Whoa, you look like a genie, a young boy said as he pulled his mother's arm toward the pie shop. Dimitri smiled. Well, there certainly is plenty of magic in food, he said with a wink as he motioned the boy and his mother to the community tables to join the crowd that was already gathered. He had already lined up a row of ripe golden apricots down the center of the table. He picked one up and bounced it in his hand as he spoke. Did you know that apricot is said to mean precious in Latin, and it's rumored to be the golden apple mentioned time and time again in Greek mythology? Ancient Persians called them seeds of the sun. So it seems that we need to take a closer look at this special treat. Dimitri held the apricot up to his eye with a quizzical squint followed by a smile and a wink. It is often overshadowed by its fuzzy cousin, the peach. But Dimitri gripped the apricot between his middle finger and thumb, holding his pointer finger up in the air to signal his pause. He went back into his pie shop and returned with a tray filled with freshly baked apricot pies, jam, and a few fresh apricots cut in half, filled with goat cheese, honey, and almonds. The apricot deserves our attention. At its peak in summer, from June through August, the fresh, fragrant apricot, naturally sweet and succulent, looks and tastes like a drop of golden summer sun. Dimitri kissed his fingertips, signaling the crowd to select their snack of choice as he continued. Apricots have a long, rich history in the country of Armenia, dating back nearly 6,000 years. Many actually believe that Armenia could very well be the home of this golden summer treat. But other theories dismiss Armenia's claim to the apricot, citing places like India and China as its native land. No matter the disagreements over origin, the apricot's cultivation for ages in Armenia has solidified its status in the country. The tree's wood is used to make the duduk, an ancient Armenian instrument central to folk music. And the orange in Armenia's tricolored flag is often referred to as apricot, the national emblem. The tree of life, which is portrayed in different mythologies as a willow or mulberry tree, an apple or fig tree, is most often represented as an apricot or pomegranate tree in Armenian mythology. The climate in Armenia is perfectly suitable for growing these fruits, which are not only eaten fresh, but also dried, marinated, and used to produce juice jam, and liquor. Indeed, there is not an apricot in the world that tastes like the ones found in Armenia, known all over the world as the most delicious apricots, so much so that Armenia is called the land of apricots. No surprise, then, the Romans referred to the apricot as the Armenian apple. And like countless foods over the ages, apricots have been alleged to treat all sorts of medical conditions in Armenian folklore and others. Considered a fruit that benefits overall health, apricots are certainly a good source of vitamins A and C, potassium, calcium, iron, and beta-carotenes. At one time or another, they have been acclaimed to treat cancer, tumors, swelling, ulcers, heart disease, and more. Historically, they have played a significant role in Chinese medicine, where they are thought to regenerate and detoxify the body and they do have an interesting connection to longevity, not just symbolically, but rather tangibly. There are an ancient people that live in the Hunza Valley, nestled in the mountain peaks of the Himalayas of northeastern Pakistan. Some of the glaciers in this section of the world are among the largest known outside the Arctic region. The HunzaKuts claim they are descended from three soldiers of Alexander the Great, who lost their way in one of the steep gorges of the Himalayas. The Hunzikuts are purported to have many centenarians among them, living long, healthy, completely disease-free lives, even up to 145 years. Some of the kids in the crowd froze mid-bite into their apricot delights, eyes wide and hungry for more. A unanimous, whoa, whispered across the table. Dimitri nodded in agreement with the crowd's sentiment. So, of course, many myths and legends abound about the mysterious Hunza-cut people who claim such extreme longevity within the Hunza Valley, often deemed as the Garden of Eden. The diet of the Hunza people consists primarily of grains, fruits, nuts, and vegetables, with the meat and dairy in smaller portions. And when you know it, apricots are one of their main crops. Just mention the word Hunza, and many people think of apricots, as the fruit has been entangled in their legend and mystery, offering one possible explanation for their longevity. The fruit is eaten fresh and dried, and the kernels are ground for their oil, or roasted and eaten like you would almonds, with a similar, though slightly more bitter, flavor. Of course, many scientists point to the fact that the Hunza are an active people who do not eat any processed foods have very little sugar in their diet, and have access to mineral-rich mountain water as key factors in their incredible longevity. But I like to believe that this precious golden drop of sun, Dimitri again grabbed a fresh whole apricot from the table and held it up like Hamlet. This gift from Mother Nature has magic and power inside its sweet, nutrient-rich flesh, which anyone can benefit from. Dimitri took a big bite from the fruit in his hand, licking his lips to collect some of the sweet juice that escaped down his chin. So much passion, history, value, and power in such a small thing. Is that not the definition of gold? He winked. The apricot truly has found a home at the heart of many cultures and regions around the world. Confucius is believed to have taught his students, while sitting under an apricot tree, Hence, the fruit has become an iconic part of his legend. It has long been a favorite fruit among the Persians, and today the people of Iran still grow and dry the apricot in great quantities. In Syria, to conserve this splendid produce throughout the year, it is converted into a product called amardine, traditionally made by crushing apricots by foot in stone troughs, extracting the pits, and then spreading out the paste in the sun to dry. In Arabic, the fruit is called mishmish, and you may hear the idiom bukra fil mishmish, or just fil mishmish for short, which translates roughly to tomorrow when apricots are in season. The saying is based around the fact that some apricots are really only good on the day that they are picked and won't be the same the day after. So if you're holding out for tomorrow as another day of prime apricot season, you're probably going to be waiting for a very long time. Think of the saying as you would the English idiom, when pigs fly, not going to happen. Some of the kids proudly repeated the term "mishmish," holding up what was left of their apricot snacks. Dmitri paused for a moment to smile. He so very much enjoyed how food could educate and bring cultures together, how it nourished the body, mind, and soul. A beautiful thing, he whispered to himself before continuing. Some cultures believe that should one dream of the apricot, the dreamer will have health, a good marriage, and every success in life. In Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs, apricots represent love. They were recommended for use in sweets, or even in love potions and spells, adding the leaves to love letters, or carrying the pits to attract the attention of lovers. In China... Apricots represent the second month of the traditional calendar, corresponding with the month of March, as the Chinese lunar calendar begins in February. Under the emperors, highly desirable jobs were chosen by testing the candidates in very difficult examinations administered at the beginning of the year. And so, apricots came to represent wish for success in examinations as announcements and celebrations traditionally took place in apricot groves come March. But of course, beyond symbolism, the apricot is well seated in legend. One legend of Noah and the Ark tells of the apricot tree being the only fruit tree to have survived the Great Flood and planted for Noah's people. Another one you may recognize comes from Greek mythology, as many people believe that apricots were the real fruits referred to as the golden apples of Hesperides, as the word apple in ancient times generally meant simply a fruit. And it was these golden apples, these apricot fruits, that the hero Hercules was sent to retrieve. Dimitri took another big juicy bite of the apricot, humming contently. Then, with a wipe of his napkin across his lips, like a curtain unveiling the opening act, Dimitri began his story. Dimitri spoke. Once upon a time, the great Greek hero, Hercules, was on a mission of atonement, ordered by the oracle of Delphi to serve his cousin, King Eurytheus, for twelve years, performing whatever labors the king might demand. In return, Hercules would be rewarded with immortality. The eleventh labor of Hercules was to steal Hera's wedding gift to her husband, the king of the gods, Zeus. The gift was a set of golden apples grown on trees that were guarded by a group of nymphs known as the Hesperides. The golden fruit was rumored to bring immortality to anyone who should eat it, and so no one was allowed to cut fruit from these trees. Hera made sure of it by putting the dragon, Ladon, in charge of guarding the garden. Ladon was a monstrous, snake-like creature with 100 heads, which could speak in different voices. He curled around the base of the trees his two hundred eyes watching out over the precious golden fruits. On his way to find the garden, Hercules came upon the titan Prometheus, chained to a rock as punishment for stealing fire from Zeus and giving it to man. "'Please, can you help me?' Prometheus asked. "'I'll be indebted to you. I'm sure there's something you need.' Hercules set him free and asked, "'I'm in search of the golden fruit in the garden of Hesperides.' Do you know where I can find this hidden garden? Prometheus replied. Regrettably, I do not, but my brother, the titan Atlas, he could show you the way to the garden. Thank you, Hercules said as he turned to leave, but Prometheus laid his hand on his shoulder, holding him back. I must advise that you send my brother himself to fetch it for you. In exchange for holding up the world, Atlas would surely be glad to accomplish the task of retrieving the golden fruit. And so Hercules met the titan Atlas in the depths of the west, carrying the world on his shoulders, and decided to follow the advice of Prometheus. Hercules agreed to take over holding up the sky, as long as Atlas would bring him the golden fruit. Atlas agreed, passed the world onto Hercules' shoulders, and, in time, returned with three golden apples in his hand. Here, take back the sky, Hercules said. Not so fast. "'Atlas said, as he pulled the fruit close into his chest, "'refusing to hand them over. "'I'll carry them myself to the king. "'You can stay here and hold the sky.' "'Atlas smiled as he turned to walk away. "'I've held it for a thousand years. "'I shall come back in a thousand years more.' "'Hercules thought fast and called out cleverly. "'Wait, okay, yes, you can bring the fruit to the king. "'But please, before you go, "'carry the sky for one last moment.' so I can prepare a pad for my shoulder. I am in no position to sustain such a weight for a thousand years. Atlas agreed, placed the apples on the ground, and took the sky back onto his shoulders. At that instant, Hercules disappeared with the golden fruit in hand. Hercules presented the golden fruit to the king, who, upon seeing that the task was complete, returned them almost immediately. And so, with nowhere else to turn, Hercules gave the apples to the wise goddess Athena, who then brought them back to the garden where they rightfully belonged. The end. Well, folks, that concludes this week's episode. Tune in next time for the latest food buzz. And remember, cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. We'll catch you next time.